Well, yeah, that, that is not how we drew it up. Uh, uncompetitive ball game, really. Uh, Five-run loss for the Tigers, and Erod got hurt all in nine innings. So let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All righty. Well, the Detroit Tigers lose 8-3. to three. At the hands of the Los Angeles Dodgers in L.A., uh, it is 1.30 in the morning uh, as I'm starting this. So this episode probably doesn't even uh, doesn't even get uploaded and stuff until like 2.15 or 2.30. Um, it's very late. Uh, a very long day. It just in general, uh, very tired. But uh, the show goes on and the Tigers did play a ball game. Not a very competitive one, uh, but certainly a noteworthy one. There was a lot... That happened in this game that we have to discuss and the big I'm not going to bury the lead on you. All right. We're, we're just going to get out in front of it and talk about the biggest storyline in this ball game off rip here. And that is that Eduardo Rodriguez left this game with an injury in the fourth inning. His final line would be three innings, five hits, five earned runs, one walk, just the one strikeout and two home runs given up his ERA now up to three, five, seven on the season. Um, you know, after the game, they asked AJ about it. He said it was a, a spasm of some sort, um, some muscle spasm of some sort as to uh, the, the initial diagnosis from the training staff as to why they pulled him. Uh, I mean, he looked like kind of off and then they called the training staff out. And then apparently he had told AJ and the staff that, oh, it, you know, he was just a little uncomfortable for one pitch. Let me throw a warm up pitch, um, you know, a test pitch. And and then if, uh, if I'm fine, I'll stay in the game. And they were like, OK. And so they did. And then he completely airmailed Jake Rogers behind home plate and hit the backstop. And they all looked at each other and didn't even have a conversation. Erod didn't even say a word. They just all looked at each other and they were like, you're done. Uh, and so they pulled him. And I, I mean, just really quickly before the injury, he was not sharp. Uh, that's another game of poor command, fastball command specifically. That's, you know, I don't know, four starts in a row where I, I've kind of been like, yeah, like, you know, fastball command wasn't great, but, you know, it was so good for the first two thirds of the season. I'm willing to kind of just chalk it up, <clears throat> excuse me, as maybe an off night or two. We'll see how it continues to look going forward. I don't think we can do that anymore, to be honest with you. Like that, this is a this is a solid sample size of poor command. And uh, in this game, obviously, I mean, he only went three innings, so he only had the opportunity. He only walked one batter, 
but missing over the heart of the plate to a lot of people. And he doesn't have the velocity to blow it past you, you know, if he misses his spots. And uh, in this ball game, they, you know, he got hit hard. <laughs> he got hit, hit very hard and very consistently, was not missing bats, only the one strikeout, uh, just was not super effective. Um, now I, again, like I still appreciate and very much respect and enjoy the style that he pitches. Like he's going to try to fill the strike zone as much as possible. I think he's a professional pitcher. I, I still like his, uh, his strategy when he's on the mound. I'm still fine if he's back next year, but that's kind of an interesting transition then into the off season now. And, and again, we'll have this conversation in full when a, we know the severity of the injury and B when the season is officially over, um, but I, I've been very vocal since March, before March, since like January or February, that this dude is going to opt out of this contract, right? He, he's not going to just like go missing for a couple of months like he did last season. Um, he is going to pitch. He's going to pitch probably decently well. And we have him on a bargain and he's going to opt out. And then the first half of the season, he was one of the best pitchers in the entire American League. And we were like, okay, well, he's, <laughs> it doesn't even matter. Even if he doesn't have a great second half, he's not, he's opting out. And his second half hasn't been fantastic. He's got an ERA over four in the second half. Um, but he hasn't been awful. And I still have been under the belief of like, you know, his ERA isn't seven. Like, it's he's still been around the ballpark enough to where like his final line at the end of the season is going to justify an opt-out still. I'm still very confident in that. This is the one thing that can steer that opinion. The one thing that could throw a wrench into all of this nonsense that has been not nonsense, but the, the, the roller coaster we'll say that has been Eduardo Rodriguez's Detroit Tigers tenure over the last two seasons the one thing that could throw a serious wrench in that heading into this opt-out is an injury at the end of the season. And if it's just a spasm, a muscle spasm for one night, it's just a weird thing. He still has two more starts left this season and makes both of them and looks fine. Then this is a non-story. And we look back at this and we go, this didn't matter at all. But we don't know if that's the case. And what we know right now is that he didn't look good and then left the game due to an injury. So there is, if it ends up being even remotely serious, okay, if this is like uh, he's he shut down for the year, you know, that's going to be like a super dramatic headline, but like that's going to be two starts, like, you know, whatever. If, if it's like, oh, you know, he, if the season even was still going on, he'd be missing a couple of months. Like if this is a, a relatively severe injury, you add that with the other injury he had this season, and you add that with a not as good second half as a first half, that is when it creeps into the back of your mind of like, oh my goodness, he might actually opt in. And I, I'm not, saying that he's going to I'm not again we don't know the severity of the injury we we have no clue and this dude also you know I, I don't know him personally but just in the 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 baseball world over the last two months has proven to be somewhat of a wild card I think that's objectively true with some of his decision making right in his Tigers tenure for sure 
So, like, I, I think that's when it creeps into the back of your head. You're like, oh, that's a, that's a throwing arm injury that, like, he's not going to resume baseball activity until November, maybe even December. Like, that's when you start looking around, you're like, all right, this this we might change tune here. This might be an opt-in situation now. But that's all presumption, and we have no idea. I'm just laying the groundwork for what could happen this offseason. I'm not trying to say if it will or won't. And we really won't know. Again, he's getting further testing on Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday afternoon, I should say. And uh, we, we'll come to somewhat of a better grasp of what's happening. But um, I, I have gone this entire season just hellbent on like, yeah, he's going to opt out. And now for the first time, I'm kind of letting the idea creep into the back of my head of like, I don't know, like that's that's there's at least a, uh, a conversation surrounding that now after Tuesday. All right. So we'll keep an eye on that. If he's healthy, I, I'm going to lean back into just hardcore pressing into he's going to opt out. Um, but becomes becomes very interesting from here on out. So that's the lead. That's the biggest story of the night. Let's keep going. We got a whole ball game still to talk about some bullpen performances, some bullpen management decisions that uh, I, I'd like to kind of talk out loud between uh, or around, I guess. Neither of those words is the word I'm thinking of. I'm very tired. And uh, then we're going to talk about the offense, obviously, that uh, was not great in this ball game. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at LinkedIn Sales Solution. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habit of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this deep sales, and we've built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. So call right now. Call to action. Goodness, not call right now. There's This is not a landline. Um, but right now, you can try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day, 6-0 free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That's linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to LinkedIn.com slash locked on to get started. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two against the LA Dodgers. Um, Tigers lose this one eight to three. Erod, we uh, kind of talked about the biggest story in this game. Let's go to the bullpen. So Trey Winginter, two innings of actually really good baseball. Uh, again, like I sound like a broken record, but like his fastball command was brilliant, and his final line was brilliant. It's funny how that works. That's it's <laughs> the most vital thing um, for nearly any pitcher can have, right? There's a few exceptions, but fastball command is everything, man. And uh, and and Trey Winginter kind of a ping it a pin epitomized that goodness in this baseball game. So yeah, he was dotting, you know, 97 on the black uh, for his entire outing. So good for him. 
glad we're finally getting to see like healthy Trey Wigginter at the end. I, I I'm not like holding my breath. I don't think he's going to come back next year. Well, he, whatever. We'll talk about that in the winter. I, I, I would not bet on him coming back. I wouldn't be shocked if he did, but like, you know, he was hurt for so long and struggled early on. Like we didn't really get to see a prolonged sample size of him. And uh, there were some people that were kind of excited about bringing him in last winter. So glad we're finally seeing that a little bit for better or for worse. Um, Jose Cisnero then goes one and two thirds, gets absolutely rocked, gives up a home run. His ERA is now five, seven. Uh, and then Will Vest ends the game one and a third of perfect baseball with two Ks. Will Vest ERA under three. Good for him. Uh, absolute dog has been fantastic the last like three or four weeks now. Completely turned his season around. Good for him. Uh, great start to the year. Great end of the year. Injuries plus struggles in the middle. So uh, I think that he's a candidate to come back next year. We'll see how he looks in the spring. But uh, yeah, I think he's played his way into uh, maintaining and staying on this roster versus, you know, a month and a half ago, I might have said otherwise. So good on him. Jose Cisnero, I, I don't I, I don't know how many times we have to have this conversation. I have no clue why he's on the roster. Um, I, I, yeah, love the dude. Great, great contributor the last few years. One of the more underrated Tigers of uh, the 2020s so far. I genuinely believe that, but I mean, goodness gravy. I, I have no clue why he's still here. Um, I, I would much rather be giving Brennan White innings uh, in September in a lost season. Jose Cesaro will not be on this baseball team next season. I have no clue why we're doing this. But, um, yeah, struggled in this ball game. Unfortunately, the struggles continue. Got hit very hard. A uh, couple of strikeouts, but, yeah. So uh, there were some questions about the management of the bullpen. Like, oh, why are you leaving Cisnero out there? And, like, he's thrown so many pitches and, and whatnot. Um, Erod got bounced early and you have a bull, a scheduled bullpen day on Tuesday. Like, I know I'm like the big, you know, innings matter guy, but like, yeah, like that, that is why, like that's, that's objectively why, like there's no other explanation that that is the, the, the reason as to why these guys were, were left out there. Um, his is narrow mostly, I guess, you know, Wigginter and Vest pitched more than an inning, but they didn't give up any runs. So I, I guess it's not as much of a conversation for them, but like Cisnero threw what, like 40 pitches or something ridiculous. Like, yeah, man, they're, <laughs> they are, they have a scheduled bullpen day on Tuesday. Uh, and, and their starter went three innings uh, on Monday night. So like they, they needed innings from somebody and they weren't going to turn the ball over to the A team in, in the bullpen. Right. And go, go uh, Holton Foley Lang when the Tigers were losing this entire game from the second inning on, uh, they, they got within two runs in the fifth and then, you know, Cisnero happened. So like, uh, yeah, like I, I, I don't have any complaints about this. This was like <laughs> people, people have a, um, I don't know if misconception is the right word, but, uh, a lot of people just look at like, Oh, pitcher gives up runs, pull him. And like, it's, it's, so far from that simple like it's not you know it's a complete chess match and it's not a chess match game to game it's a season long chess match how long ago did I use so and so how many innings do I need them out of my bullpen tonight how close is this ball game like what you know is this worth trying to salvage like how competitive do we think we're going to be the next two days we're in the first game of a three-game set we're right in the middle of a west coast road trip we have no days off until Monday like there's there's so much more to it than just like oh like pitcher give up run like get him out of the game right now and, and I think this game kind of perfectly epitomized 
that uh, that that mindset. So uh, that's why they were kind of left out to dry. Again, Cisnero mostly. He, he's the only reliever that gave up runs in this game. Um, the offense in this ball game was quiet, uh, to say the least, outside of a Jake Rogers three-run homer. Uh, it was silent. Uh, that that was the only blow in this ball game. And and I, we've talked about it a lot. If if you're not going to hit with run as a scoring position, you better hit for power. And uh, the Tigers obviously they lose by five. It was not a competitive ball game really at any point. Um, but you know they went one for five with Risp. That one hit was a three run homer. So uh, they they were able to not get shut out because of the long ball. Uh, I think we talked about, you know, Jake Rogers a little bit more in depth yesterday, and we'll do that again, obviously, in the winter and this offseason when we do player, uh, I was going to say previews, that's not right, player reviews, player reviews, player grades, whatever, we'll figure out a cool name to call them. Um, but when we look back at, uh, at, and, you know, break down all these players' seasons, um, and, and Jake Rogers, that's a 20 home run season, and it's, it's only his 100th game. Right, he's played in 100 games this season and has 20 homers. That's a fantastic pace. That's a lot of, it's a lot of home runs. And uh, I think I want to say Jason Beck. It was Jason Beck tweeted out. He's he's one of only six or seven Tigers ever, Tiger catchers ever, to have a 20 home run season. Uh, and the only Tigers catchers since 2000 to have 20 homers in a season are Jake Rogers, 2023 and Eric Haas, 2021. That's the end of the list. Uh, since, since the, the what, Y2K. Sure. I was trying to think of a date to like <laughs> really pinpoint it as, and I guess that's the one that came to my mind, but uh, yeah, since 2000, that's, that's it. So he's valuable. He gives you good defense. He's going to give you 20 plus homers. If that's, you know, sustainable, uh, if he can walk a little bit more, I, I think that he could be an incredibly valuable player to this team. He already is valuable, but he can be even more valuable if he draws a little bit more walks in the future. So uh, good on him. 20 home run season for Jake Rogers. That's uh, that's what, three Tigers this year that have 20 home run seasons in uh, in Torkelson, Carpenter, and uh, and now Jake Rogers. So good on the boys, man. You know, goodness, 2019, not that long ago where the, uh, the team leader and homers had 15 at the end of the year. Not not too far removed from that. So uh, good on them. Let's, I mean, offensively, I, I, I kind of want to talk about the lineup really quickly just because, like, like, we lost this game, and, and we, again, at no point did we look like we were even close to as good or like this game was even remotely competitive really at any point which I guess sounds like super like down, but like it's the Dodgers. Like I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'll be fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the Dodgers and it's one game too. You know, if we get swept, I guess I'll be like mildly disappointed. Um, but again, like we talked about this yesterday, man, like if, if you were to say going into the first game against the angels, right. Hey, next six games, West coast road trip against the, the angels and Dodgers, you're going to go three and three. I think a lot of people would say, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'd take that. Right. And so I, I will be upset. I want them to get a win, just get a win. <laughs> and like the bar is on the floor, just win a game. Uh, and, and I will consider this, you know, fine four and two in that stretch, the, the A's you should beat. That's a different conversation. We'll get to that later in the week. Um, but like, yeah, like in a vacuum, losing one game to the Dodgers in LA is is about right. And when you look at the lineup we put out there, 
I mean, goodness, dog. Like, well, let's let's talk about it a little bit more after the break. All right. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluations to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 as well by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code LOCKDOWN at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment three, third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in. So, yeah, like this lineup was just was just rough, man. No Torkelson. Um, Miguel Cabrera batted third. That was cool. You know, cool moment at this point in the season. I'm, I'm fine with just giving, getting cool Miggy moments. Like, I, I'm chill with that. Um, but as far as, like, a competitive baseball team like Mantra, Miguel Cabrera in 2023 is your three-hitter, probably not the best look. Um yeah, I mean, geez, you can, my goodness, the OPS game in this one is a doozy. 671, 648, 658. That's your top three. Those are the three guys that get the most at-bats on your team because they're the top three in your lineup. 671, 648, 658. Then you pinch hit two of them for righties late, 712, 730. Your four-hitter, 849 OPS. Shout out, Kerry Carpenter. Jake Rogers up to a 739 OPS after this ball game, And then your bottom four is 546, 596, 583. <laughs> and then your nine-hitter is 715 OPS, Andre Lipsius. Goodness gracious. Your six through eight. 176 average, 546 OPS, Tyler Nevin. 195 average, 596 OPS, Parker Meadows. And 217 average, 583 OPS, Javi Baez. I mean, <laughs> that's the bottom of your lineup. And the top of your lineup, again, your top three hitters didn't have an OPS over 700. Tough to win ball games. period, with that. Uh, nonetheless, against the Dodgers in L.A. That's <laughs> it's a tall order, my dog. It's a tall order. Um, give them credit for fighting. Tr I mean, trying. They they got runners in scoring position off Lance Lynn for the first five innings. They had runners on second or third, uh, but just couldn't bring them in. Risp. We don't have to go down that rabbit hole. Just a big problem for the team this year. Um, thank goodness for Jake Rogers to make this a three to eight game instead of a zero to eight game. But yeah, man, I I mean, just, like how many people in the lineup tonight are starters next year? Because this was a terrible lineup. Okay, we can just call it what it is. We don't want terrible lineups in 2024, right? We're going to have some, you know, injuries are going to happen. You know, people are going to struggle. We're not expecting baseball happens. But if we can avoid it, we're, we, we should. So how many people on this lineup are back next season? Starting next season. Carpenter, Rogers, Baez. That's probably the only guarantees, right? 
That's probably the only guarantees. There's an argument for Parker Meadows to be your opening day center fielder. He obviously needs to hit better. Um, but we, we've kind of kept an eye on that this entire time. We'll see how he looks in the spring. He'll certainly make some adjustments in the offseason, almost assuredly. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, we still got a couple of weeks left. We'll see. Maybe he can get on a hot streak here down the year. Um, give some optimism to people. But, yeah, I think the only guarantees are really are really Rodgers, Carpenter, and Baez. And uh, Carpenter and Rodgers are your two highest OPSs in this lineup. So, I, I guess – I don't know. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a it's a good thing for the outlook of 2024 that the only people that you're well, Javi's had an awful year uh, at the plate, obviously. Um, but two of the three are like two, your two highest OPSs. That's a good outlook for 2024. It's a rough outlook for September 19th, 2023. Um, September 18th, I guess, is when the game was played. But you get my point. So um, yeah, I, I I was not really. I, I did not run over to FanDuel and place any units on the Detroit Tigers after seeing the lineup. I'll put it that way. Um, we'll see. I just want a game. I just want a game. Uh, let, that's it. pretty much it for this ball game. Let's talk about some off-the-field stuff happening for the Detroit Tigers organization. One, Riley Green, uh, his injury, he, he's getting a bunch of opinions, which is terrifying. That That usually does not bode well. Um, as I've said a million times uh, in my two and a half years hosting this show, I am not a doctor. I have no clue what is wrong with his arm, his elbow, whatever. Uh, I have no clue how serious it is. Okay, I, I, I do not know. They could come out tomorrow and be like, hey, he's totally fine. He's going to play next week. Awesome. They could come out tomorrow and be like, he has to get his arm amputated. And I'd be like, oh, well, that's terrible. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a doctor, but I do know. That if you're actively going out of your way to get multiple opinions, that usually means you don't like the previous opinion you got, which usually means substantial amount of time missed is on the table. So I don't know. I'm not trying to to just make everybody scared. I have no clue. But usually when you go down the ladder of next option, next option, now let's get another option in here. That, that, you know, nobody hears great news in option one and goes, oh, let's be sure and hear from two other people, right? You take that and run. So kind of terrified for that. Uh, not trying to make you terrified as well, but I, it's my job to relay my opinion and I'm terrified. So uh, that's where I stand on it. I have no other update at this time regards to it, but um, yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared about uh, Riley Green's injury situation. We'll keep tabs on it, obviously. We now have Erod's injury situation to keep tabs on as well. Uh, we'll end on a high note, though. Jackson Joe made his double-A debut over the weekend and looked phenomenal. Uh, his first start in double-A, he goes six innings of shutout baseball, four hits, six strikeouts, no walks yet again. Look, I, I know... Uh, we've said it a lot on this show. We said it just last week when he got the call up to double A. You know, you can be mad about the pick all you want. You can like Marcelo Meyer all you want. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this kid is proving that he has the highest ceiling of any pitcher in the organization right now. The only person that you could even argue in my eyes that might have higher uh, is, is probably Scooble. Um, But like we're actively seeing that, you know, one one to two times a week. 
at the major league level. Uh, Job's ceiling is, is unbelievably high. He has had a phenomenal season. The pitching development team for this organization continues to take victory laps. He is yet another one. Um, he's looked great, man. Cutter, slider, change up. Oh my goodness. That I think that's the biggest revelation to me. Like we knew we had velocity. We've obviously, we've known about the slider since he was like 17 years old. Uh, the, the addition of like movement on his fastball was a great addition, but the organization's been doing that to a lot of pitchers. That's all fine and dandy. His changeup is, is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Um, and it, it is so fun to watch him pitch. It, it has been an absolute pleasure to watch him pitch this year. Uh, pounding the strike zone, not walking batters, striking out a lot of batters, not giving up base runners. He looks fantastic. And uh, I, I think that this is a dude who, like, September call-ups 2024, I don't think is far-fetched at all. So that's exciting. Ending on a good note, okay? Ending on a high note, uh, <laughs> on, a, on a rough and long and tiring, uh, tiring ball game, tiring evening for the Detroit Tigers. So uh, game two will be tonight at 10.10 p.m. Eastern. Yet again, the Tigers going for a scheduled bullpen day, as I said, and Miguel Diaz will be the opener yet again for the Detroit Tigers, just like they did in L.A. I keep saying that when they play the L.A. teams back-to-back, you can't really do that, just like they did against the Angels. So Miguel Diaz get another chance to open. Uh, I'd imagine if the game's even relatively close, we're probably getting the A team. We're probably getting Holton, Foley, Lang. Uh, again, unless it's like a complete blowout, I would imagine that, that we're going to see all three of those gentlemen at some point. Um, yeah. And our, uh, we do well in bullpen games. And I think it's because AJ is such a good bullpen manager uh, that he is able to play his matchups as like to a T. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, making sure a certain pitcher pitches a certain amount of innings. He can just kind of play the matchups the entire game. So uh, I, I think that that's to AJ's advantage, given how good of a bullpen manager he is. And yeah, uh, the, the, Dodgers starting pitcher at this present moment is TBD. So we'll see what happens with them. Maybe they have a bullpen day as well. I'm not really sure what's going on over there with that, but um, yeah, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to see bullpen day on the schedule. And like for us, our record in bullpen games is like, we'd, we'd be like the Oh one Mariners. Like we, we win like every bullpen game. We've only lost a handful all year. So uh, that actually to not just like completely write it off and be like, oh, we're just throwing in the towel here. That's kind of kind of nice. So we'll see what happens. And then game three will be uh, will be resold in time. So thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two against the Dodgers. Uh, I think that's all I got. Appreciate you all for tuning in. As always, for real means the world to me. I'm very tired. It's now 2 a.m. I'm going to bed. Uh, yeah, hope you have a great Tuesday. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.